from HerbMentor.com. This is Herb Mentor Radio. You're listening to Herb Mentor Radio on HerbMentor.com. I'm John Gallagher. My guest today, all the way from New Zealand, is Isla Burgess. Isla has been an educator for the past 40 years, currently the director of the International College of Herbal Medicine, was the founding director of the Waikato Center for Herbal Medicine in New Zealand, and is the convener for the International Research Group for the Conservation of Medicinal Plants. Isla appeared in the inspiring film on herbal medicine, Newman, wrote the must-have book, Weeds Heal, A Working Herbal, and is teaching two wonderful classes at the International Herb Symposium in June. You can find out about her classes at the IHS at internationalherbsymposium.com, and you can visit Isla on the web at the International Herb College, at the International College of Herbal Medicine at herbcollege.com. And we'll be talking about some great places Isla will be teaching in a soon-to-be U.S. visit in Seattle and Wisconsin and other places. We'll get to that at the end of the call. But before we do that, Isla, welcome. Kiora. Kiora as well. I, I actually didn't mention before that uh, um, my wife and I, when we first started seeing each other, spent a few months in your wonderful country. So, oh, okay. Yes. was a good place for a romantic relationship. It, it was a wonderful place for that to bloom. <laughs> and here we are 14 years and two children later. And, and so the wonderful, oh. wonderful uh, island of the cloud worked, <laughs> worked well for us. Um, so you are in tomorrow. So how's the future? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's an absolutely beautiful day. Um, we're now in mid-autumn mm -hmm. and we're having one of those glorious April months of still calm, warm days, but not so hot that you can't go and work in the garden. Um, the ocean's glorious and still warm enough to swim in. And yeah, it's pretty good. Excellent. You know, we have some member questions we'll share with you a little later from herbventure.com. Mm -hmm. But um, I mentioned that because one person wrote in a question, which is always exactly where I like to begin. And that is, um, how did you get first interested in plants? And just tell us about that herbal journey or mentors and <laughs> people get to know you a little bit. Well, I'll have to do the short version because mm -hmm. the, long, the long one takes a, a little bit too long. But um, suffice to say that when I was three years old, my, my mother said that I came in and announced that I, in the middle of winter I was going to plant lettuces. And she said, don't be silly. It's too cold to plant lettuces and they won't grow. And I said, they will. <laughs> so obviously fairly determined about uh, my relationship with plants. I hung out with my father and uh, he was a great vegetable gardener. And um, and then uh, studied, yeah, uh, at university, studied physical education in the beginning, actually, um, and uh, sciences. And then when I was around uh, oh, 20, my, a very close friend of mine gave me a Culpepper's Herbal. And that blew my mind that not only could we use plants as medicine, but I could find some of those that um, were uh, talked about in, in Culpeper. So there began a journey that has taken me around the world to many places. I have uh, a fantastic uh, herbal whānau or family, 
and um, many, many uh, wonderful friends and contacts and connections. Um, so, yeah, that really was where it all began. And thank you, because um, really on our site, there are, we just notice how the different diversity of, of people's backgrounds and, and, and where they first learn. And, and it's, it's interesting. A lot of folks like yourself have been doing this a while, how the story often begins with some kind of pull or inkling in childhood, like something that they just mm. knew. So that was <laughs> yeah. really nice to hear. Um, mm. So I do want to talk about your book a bit, Weeds Heal. And, and folks, um, you know, the reason why I mention this because I, I, personally, this is a book that um, I've had for many years, and um, kind of feel like it's the, the core of, of my my herbal library as far as influential books have concerned. And and it's interesting because it's not one you can just go to the bookstore and, and just go find uh, in Borders or something like that. Um, it's it's, it's kind of challenging. I, I just kind of stumbled upon it one day, and I got it, and I was just like, oh my goodness, this this is exactly the way people need to learn about plants because uh, mm. our heads get so much in it first uh oh you know what's this used for or that used for mm. and, and it was so refreshing so what i'd like ask you to do is that if you could talk a bit about the approach in this book and, mm -hmm. and 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 why you wrote that um weeds hill grew out of teaching so uh in about 1990 i set up the waikato center for herbal studies and it was the the first college of, it, of its kind in that it was a day teaching college um, training and just focusing on a clinical herbal medicine. Um, but in that, I wanted the plants to be at the core and um, of, of everything and that everything else revolved around our respect for and our use of and our knowledge about plants. So then... Um, I started really looking at ways of knowing and ways of connecting and became very interested in spending time hanging out with plants, mm. teaching my students um, and working with them in the same way. And then they said, look, why don't you write this out? <laughs> because, you know, it would be good to have it there. And so I did. Um and that's how Weeds Heal came into being. So Weeds Heal is, focuses on uh, some of the common plants that grow around us. Uh, it is about trusting yourself to know without using any of the, the books uh, that say what that plant is used for, but trusting yourself to come up with about 70% of the plant's uses and um, how that plant might be best prepared, uh, dosage, uh, all of it, without looking to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And that's really empowering because if I'm traveling around the world and I'm in a different country and I don't know, I have a hunch about a plant, but I don't know it specifically, I can pretty soon tell whether that plant is safe to eat um, at least 70% of its uses and, you know, what mm -hmm. it's about. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's the, the substance really is empowerment of, of the person and making that connection. And there's no doubt that the more time you spend with plants, the more insights you get and the, the, the greater the relationship um, develops. 
you know, um, it was like I said this book when I was teaching a class, I, I I modeled the class, and what I would do is I only had four short days with these students. And so instead of going through all these skills and stuff, I, I would just focus the day around one plant. So it might be, yeah, hey, we're going to learn tinctures today, but we're going to do it around Oregon grape. And I'd start the class mm-hmm. out exactly using your book as the guide, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And um, you're, I will attest to this, that uh, especially with the group mind, very powerful, when everyone went out and did these exercises and got back and went around in the circle, and we shared what we experienced with our senses, um, it, like they told me anything that I could have told them in a book. Mm, that's right. That's right. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and then and, and, and some of those people come back to me 10 years later uh, that I taught them and say, you know, uh, those are the, two, you know, the, you know, Oregon grape and cottonwood were two of them. And, and they would, yeah. and they'd say, uh, those are the two plants that I use, still use all the time. I use my cottonwood yes. salve, my Oregon grape tincture for everything. <laughs> yes. yes, yes. So they've learned the bigger story about hmm. those plants. That's amazing. So, what, I, what I'm, what, I'll, I'll just um, add to that. Mm-hmm. I'm taking that now just a little bit further, mm-hmm. and working especially with a group. Um, I can talk a little bit more about this later if you mm-hmm. wish. But I'm looking at a, a a different way of doing science around um, a, a a quantitative way of measuring the qualities that non-human life forms possess like plants so uh, this has been done by a remarkable woman called dr um, wimmelsfelder francoise wimmelsfelder in scotland Mm -hmm. and she's been um, using and perfecting this whole approach um, with farmed pigs and chickens to get people to see that these uh, animals express themselves and that we know how or what they're expressing. So no one's really worked on this with individual plants. So that's where I'm working. Part of that, and you can do this, you know, with a group of people, group of your friends or students or whatever, um, and choose a plant that that is your plant that is the is the kind of controlling, uh, shall we say, entity of your workshop. So something that really is holding what your workshop's about. And begin that Mm -hmm. workshop um, by saying to the people, this is not about you. Forget all that's gone on in, uh, in your life until this point that you've got here. You are present this moment. I'm not interested in what's going on in your life or in mm-hmm. your mind right now. So we really want to create that space where we allow the plant to or the tree to have uh, um, some engagement with us. Now, then you bring, so you go and you sit around the tree and you take, you know, 15, 20 minutes, whatever, mm-hmm. and then bring them back inside and get them to sit very, very close so all their shoulders are touching and then talk about what you experienced. It is remarkable. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. And it just really blows your mind as far as like, you know, like what's what's really going on out there. You know? yeah. Like yeah, that we don't know really know a whole lot, do we? <laughs> yeah. no. No. Um so if you wouldn't mind, let let's say you we were in a um you 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 were to bring someone up to meet uh, chickweed. That's a plant uh-huh. that we can around the world folks listening probably know about and can yeah. 
taking them through the process of learning about it through sensory awareness okay. and what they might discover sense by sense. Mm. Um, in Weeds Heal, I've, I've focused uh, more on, you know, using your senses, but how I start this process now, and I'm, I'm kind of beginning <laughs> thinking about writing another book with a, with a, a slightly larger uh, picture about this or a more holistic framework. Mm -hmm. um, but how I would start it now would be um, we visit it. So we, we hang out and, you know, have a look at where it grows and where it's choosing to grow. Um, and, you know, you can't do that in a workshop uh, over a year, but if you've got chickweed in your backyard over a year is a good idea, just noticing things about it. And um, looking at the pattern of its growth, how, how is it growing? Where does it like to grow? What of its surroundings is it expressing in the way it feels uh, so, for example, chickweed feels cold. It feels moist. Mm -hmm. So you know that it's going to bring those qualities um, to its use. Then looking at it very carefully, and this is another exercise I've started introducing to, to a group of people, is noticing the detail about that plant which tells you it is chickweed and no other. So looking for the unique aspects. And you can, a group of people, once they settle into it, will come up with about 75 to 100 different aspects, different qualities that that plant possesses. Mm -hmm. And then only when I've now engaged people in that do I start the, the real um, connecting on a more sensory level. So that looking at, looking at the detail, is what's called exact sensorial perception. What I then get people to do is to go, before they go to sleep that night, go through all of that again, all of that detail, absolutely every single thing they can remember. Mm -hmm. And then that allows that plant to settle in you. And you've... You, you will not forget it ever. Right. <laughs> so then we start the touching, tasting. Um, and in chickweed, looking at the, the inner core of the stem, it's got quite a solid core. What does that tell us? Does it mean that it's beneficial for tendons? We might not even know whether it's beneficial or not, but what we might be able to tell from that is that it has a use for a particular part of the body. Now, that's our interpretation. And remember that all these, you know, human-made constructs we come up with are about our interpretation. Correct. So this is just another way of knowing it. So then once you've felt it, looked at what makes a difference, opened, you know... The, that um, quite fragile stem, looked at the inside, looked at those tiny little flowers and, you know, the fine line of hairs, um, then we can start smelling and tasting. So there's nothing about chickweed that puts you off. And when you taste it, it makes, if you chew, 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 a, a, a little piece of it about the size of half your fingernail, your small fingernail, mm -hmm. 
chewed between the top two teeth and the bottom two teeth and your tip of your tongue and just um, circulating the air uh, regularly through your mouth, then what you get from chickweed is a soapiness, a frothing. Now that tells us a lot. It tells us that it's got soapy saponins. And soapy saponins are, are um, important in the body because they can have a, a, a very, um, should we say, minor steroidal-like action. So chickweed is, is beneficial for bringing coolness to, to heat. And the other thing that it's got, quite hard to distinguish, but you do get it, is that it's uh, alongside the soapy saponins, it's also got a little bit of slime. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. mucilage, you know, coats and slimes any um, mucous membrane topically or throughout the digestive tract. So already we're starting to know a lot about that plant. Um, and we've, we haven't had to look at anything other than where it lives, what its qualities are, and then starting to use our senses. That's that's just uh, <clears throat> amazing, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 it and, and and it is one thing to um, and I love in the book how you just end in looking what's in the book, and you know you can get to that a little later, um, yeah. but. Um, but that's the thing about it. it's 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 like we're going over in the learning your plants course um, on on Herb Mentor now that it's you got to first form a relationship with yes. a plant and and um, in, on in, their terms. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, not it, on it, our terms. In, 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 <laughs> in that particular course, we do it a little bit on our terms because we want people just you know any time of year just to just to start to look. But right. then what we're talking about here is how to really learn. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's one other thing I'd like to um, perhaps add to that because um, it's quite a funny story. Uh, I learnt a lot when I was writing Weed Seal, and in particular, I learnt patience. Hmm. The 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 guy that um, Barry O'Brien, who did the photographs for this, was one of the world's most patient men, and um, he was he was a formal scientist. So you know, we had some fun. Uh, working uh, with these plants and we were talking one night uh, because we always had to do the photography at night because he worked during the day and he had one of those super duper um, uh, microscopic um, uh, cameras and we were talking about the uh, the appearance of red clover and how it looked you know so clitoral in its um, each of the uh, little florets, mm. and then the next day he left me a photo, and it's um, plate nine A in the book for those that have got it on chickweed. And he said, "Well, you think red clover um, looks a little bit like the female genitalia? You just go and have a look at this photo." <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. Has, I just, has, I'm just opening yeah, my book so here. Testicular. <laughs> Boy, are you right, especially if you turn so it upside So we had a, a good laugh about that. <laughs> and actually, that's one of its uses. It's a male tonic. Oh. Wow, so there's a lot to be kind of observed when people talk about things like doctrine of signatures and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, I think the doctrine of signatures can't st- just stand alone. Mm. I think that it should be taken within the context of the whole. 
Mm. And it's one key. It's one way of unlocking a little bit of understanding. But until we've got all the other keys that back that up, only then can we truly say, yep, this plant is about this. So, so I'm always looking for more and more keys to support that which I've already uncovered. So if we do step back and, and look at the more holistic and in, in the work you're doing with the plant-person relationship and mm. healing, what, what's mm. that about? And uh, okay. we talked a little bit here about <laughs> it, but I mean, let's go beyond and because and, and, Let's just you know blow people's minds here. Let's just let's, okay. just, let's, okay. let's just kind of let's um, break let's break down any kind of constructs that people have thought that they. If anyone's thought you've had it figured out here, we're going to stop that. Right? We're going to end to that right now. <laughs> okay. Well, in two thousand and eight, um, I had one of the most astonishing years of my life. I decided to leave my home and go to the UK, uh, and spend seven months uh, living at Schumacher College. Uh, in Devon in England, mm-hmm. and they offer a master's degree in holistic science together with the University of Plymouth. And, um, you know, I went because the, there were people like Rupert Sheldrake teaching and mm. Henry Boratov, all these amazing, amazing wow. people. So um, during that, it, it, it was a mind retreat, and it gave me time to think, and it gave me time to really deepen my connection with the plant world. Um, I immersed myself in this whole study for for the the, the full year that it took, and ended up writing um, <clears throat> my dissertation on the the conservation of medicinal plants um, from eco service to eco sensitive, and. One of the papers I wrote uh, for that master's degree was called The Plant-Person Relationship and Healing. And I'm, I'm working. This, is, this changes every time I, I run a, a workshop on it. And I've worked with practitioners and, and doctors and students and um, general public in, in different types of workshops around this. So the idea um, is really to, to, to connect with, with the plant in that qualitative way that I described before in the exact sensorial perception and then to work out and I've worked out uh, uh, this is what I'm going to be teaching the intensive on actually at the International Herb Symposium so I'm doing a four hour intensive on this it's usually a three day workshop but I'm I'm going to kind of have to concentrate it um, a bit and I'm very excited to be doing it at all because it's where I'm at at the moment. So, so the idea is that um, through an understanding of chaos and complexity science and, to see, and through co-evolutionary processes as taught by this brilliant biologist, Lynn Margulis, uh, from the States, from Boston, actually. And um, looking at that and then looking at the 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 similarities between us and plants from a coevolutionary perspective, and then looking at the the qualities that each expresses. Now you have to know plants well. You have to really know them well and people well. And I've worked out a whole approach that I'll be doing at the International Herb Symposium. Um, on how to match, how to do the match. Now, if we're looking at 
quantum physics, at that fundamental level, we can change things by nudging the way the body works. And so by introducing a smaller, active, um, energetically similar plant uh, into into a larger being, our bodies, then we change its its way of yeah of of <laughs> of of working so that's it, it it's kind of a modern way of um laying the foundation for that old idea that we have a plant ally hmm. a plant that will do more for us than anything any book anything that's been written about it says it does and so it's taking it into that next step. And really what I'm looking at now, so then, then we do a health uh, check on the people and have them take their plant for, say, six months. And we do a three-month health check and a six-month health check. So I've got a little health scenario. So I'll be laying this scene and this challenge um, at the International Herb Symposium in that intensive on the Thursday. Um, so if you haven't, you know, people listening to this if they're going to the symposium and they would like to do that intensive it's new stuff and it's very exciting wow wow so how about an example sometimes some folks <laughs> okay. listening to things that are getting a little okay. bit out okay. there first you know like right. need to, let's, let's come make something concrete for some listeners okay okay so i worked um for a start with six of my class mates at um at schumacher mm-hmm. and um give you an example of one of the people that i worked with he was part english part japanese um very a tall linear uh person um he had a history of of uh, gut problems uh over the years um he has a, a a true nature a really there's nothing uh woolly or whatever actually i'm just going to go into my computer john mm-hmm. for a minute how can i and go and give you an example of the the worksheet that we work through I'm not sure how to do it. How to do it. <laughs> I've got you on my full screen. Oh. And I'm not sure <laughs> how to bring up something that isn't. Don't excellent. click on anything. We you might know. lose you. <laughs> okay, okay, I found it. I found it. Right. Uh, just give me a minute here. And, I, and then I can give you a more precise example. Okay. Great. And while you're doing that, I will mention that um, the book Weeds Heal, um, I did mention, hey, it is a tough one to find, but you can get it online. My good friend Julie Nunn at crowsdaughter.com, who you may have seen on our mentor from time to time. If you go to crowsdaughter.com, she does have it for sale online. Um, So that's a place where you could pick up a copy and and tell Julie we sent you. (laughs) And also um, it's available from Flower Power in New York. Mm -hmm. Um, That's 406 East 9th Street. Mm -hmm. She has just um, got that. 
and the two people that are running workshops, one in Seattle, which is um, that's um, Dandelion uh, Botanical. Yeah, Dandelion. I think Dandelion has some in Seattle, uh, but also from. Uh, let me see. From Danielle McCutcheon, I'm pretty sure she has some copies. She's the one that's organising uh, some workshops in Seattle that we're going to mention later. And um, so does Moonwise Herbs, Linda, who's organising workshops for me in uh, Madison and Wisconsin. So um, she has uh, copies Great. of Weed Deal. And that's so our little that's our now. that's our little commercial in the middle. Now we get back to <laughs> I just I like to, you know, really Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I had to interrupt my search here. Oh no, that's why I was doing the commercial. <laughs> right. Here we go. Here we go. So the the worksheet kind of is around qualities and I've set it out so that we compare qualities in situ, where people live, where they thrive. Does the plant thrive here? Does the person thrive here? Do they like full sun? Do they like shade? Are they dry or, you know, they like lots of water? Do they have rich food or are they sparing in their demand? Do they like living in communities or are they found in many places or lived in many places? Um, so we look at all these qualities around the plant and the qualities around the person. Then we look at um, uh, things like um, uh, sustainability, physical features. How similar are these plants? And sometimes it takes you know a couple of goes to to find uh, the plant that's perfect. Um, and we look at, you know, how their energy is. Are they different seasonally? Uh, we look at the whether they have a rapid metabolism or fast growth. And then we look at what type of person they are. Are they more watchful? Are they strong? Are they fragile? Are they superficial in the way they approach things? Or are they really earthed deep? Hmm. So we compare all these qualities and we come up with... A, a, a number of qualities that are the same and a number that are different. Hmm. Um, and then we see what sort of match we've got. And we're looking for around an, an 80% match. So, for example, um, for this particular person, uh, this participant, he was a very tall, erect person whose presence attracts others and he's noticed. He prefers a range of contact and speaks with a deeper wisdom in general conversation. He grew up in both Japan and Europe in cities, but prefers a more open situation. And I actually chose for him, and it was a really good match, um, Arctium Lapper, uh, Burdock, you know, a tall, broad-leafed, large biennial, straight vertical roots mm. down to two metres, bringing up nutrients from the depth, found in both Japan and Europe wild and cultivated, preferring open ground with space, but growing in a community of other plants of the same species, tolerant of a range of condition, prefers moist ground, seed head is erect with heads of bird seed that attract and catch your attention. So, you know, looking at this whole wholeness of the, of the two. So it's very interesting. Wow. That is, that's incredible. 
I love the diversity of things and learning and everything. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. but more than anything, really, th when you. You know, even if you're incorporating as part of how you're learning, I mean, just doing this, yeah, it it keeps you looking at the big picture all the time, and and, yeah. and prevents you from getting too tunnel visioned, where you you lose it, where you lose yes. your your mojo, you know, or you lose where you're yes. going, where you lose the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. So I think it's important. And one of the, yeah, one of the big things about this is um, about trusting. You know, mm. trusting, you know, when we talked before uh, you started taping about the Jungian mandala, mm. you know, the, the thinking mind and the, the, the feeling and the sensing and the intuiting mm. that each of these four is important in our um, relationship with the plant. So, yeah, we do have to apply um, our logical mind, our analytical mind, um, we do have to, to use and engage that, but it isn't the only thing that's important. Otherwise, in we'd world, just be these intellectual beings only. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we I mean, have the all very, these other features. The, the very exciting thing <laughs> in science is, huh. and this is mainstream analytical science, and this is where it's very useful for the work that we're, we're doing, hmm. is that they, have, they now know that plants have mini brains just like our brain, complete with neurosynapses and chemicals that, that are uh, in, connecting in the, hmm. in the synapses, hmm. in their root tips. So they are constantly seeking out new information. They have memory mechanisms, and they are constantly feeding that back to the, their, their own being, their plant as a whole, and to all the other plants that are around them. And often that connection is through the fungal mycelium, that, that underground internet hmm. that connects everything. Wow. That's... So exciting stuff. And, 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 and then you mentioned that in your work at Shoemaker or the college or that you were somehow linking this work that you were doing with conservation work. And is that related mm -hmm. to what you're doing with the international research group, for the conservation of medicinal plants? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, that research group is um, uh, at the, the very beginnings of hopefully, um, mm -hmm. you know, building some research around the, the plants at risk, bringing people's attention, actually, to the fact that we can't live if we don't have these plants. It's not just that mm -hmm. they're useful medicinally. Currently, there is somewhere around between 15,000 and 50,000 medicinal plants are at risk of extinction in the world. And not these aren't necessarily, uh, this particular thing that I'm just about to say isn't necessarily associated with... Um, medicinal plants, but we lose two plant species every hour in the world at the moment. Now, most of us don't know about that. So that was the idea of, of developing a, a non-profit um, organization, uh, which is the research group, yeah. Um, and that's at irgcmp.org. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, there was an interesting question here from a member that said, uh, she asked, um, there's a theory that the plants that you need, because this is kind of, yeah, 
it's just a little tangent in relation. Uh, there's a theory that the plants that you need most will grow outside your doorstep. Do you subscribe to this theory? If uh-huh. so, what place do plants play that don't grow in your environment? That's her first good. question. And then this, okay. this is a good question. <laughs> yeah, Go it's a good question. <laughs> okay, I think in my experience that if you let me loose in any um, ecosystem mm-hmm. where plants are living, I would find you a plant for every system of your body. <laughs> so I think that we could find that plant that shifts things for you, growing around you. I don't necessarily, I think it's very human-centric to say that the plant is there for us to use. I want to put turn that relationship around in that the plant is there and we find the use. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's our stuff. So what role is there in plants that are coming from other countries or, you know, a lot of, a lot of this is about uh, uh, the research and plants become very popular. I wrote a newsletter for the research group recently on hoodia and just how plants just, you know, somebody finds a, a use and there's research to back it up and then it, somebody just really runs with it and they... Uh, want to make millions and Mm -hmm. so you know they make a product and the product becomes the plant and Mm -hmm. um, I would love to see that we use plants locally and you're better at that in the states than we are here Mm -hmm. there are a lot of you know amazingly skilled uh, practitioners that that know how to use the local plants um, really well and in that situation uh i think um we should forget about plants that are coming from other countries so yeah i mean one of the plants i've looked at in quite a lot of detail is rhodiola rosea it was really popular um i think in the states uh, a, a couple of years ago um that plant grows halfway up the mountains you know in tibet and on the right. arctic rim now, it's going to be a canary in the, the, the mine of climate change because it just won't grow in the same places. Um, it's well known as a plant that allows a person to adapt to altitude, um, hence, you know, the bringing where it grows. Um, so people that, that travel a lot use it quite successfully. But should we be using it? Uh, probably not, because you know, it is going to um, uh, be at risk. And this same person asked, like, is it wise to grow medicinal plants that are non-native to your locale? And I don't know. I mean, there's there's a lot yeah. of plants out there. I mean, we you know we have a little garden, and I'm curious about a few different plants. So I found them at a place, so I stick them in the soil to see how they, you know. Get yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. I've done it all my life. Um, look, we live in a, we live in a global world, yeah. and a lot of the information that we have about uh, you know the plants that we're using as medicine come from elsewhere. Hmm. Um, it's better if we grow them. You know, we can't go back to only having uh, native plants mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. us. Yeah. 
it's hopeless. That just wouldn't work in this world. Um, you know, we have an insatiable desire to grow the unusual. And you know, I'm, I'm sitting here actually looking at a, a beautiful photo from Hortus of Hyoscyamus, um, which is, you know, henbane. And I grow henbane. I love it. It's a deeply mysterious plant. You know, I, I like to think that maybe I have a few of its qualities. <laughs> um, so, you know, I wouldn't have that that amazing excitement if if I was only growing native plants. Now, that doesn't mean to say that you don't know how to use your native plants and preserve them and and so on. But you got those giant um, fern trees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're amazing. Actually, the 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 um, black mamaku, which is the the largest one, um, has a, a koru, you know, an inner uh, spiral, which is the mm. uh, the leaf that's about to unfold. Mm. That inside, if you get rid of all that prickly stuff, it's so mucilaginous, way right. more mucilaginous than slippery elm, for right. example. Right, but. You know, that would need to be harvested with a great deal of care. We can't have people just going and hacking out those un- uncurled leaves. It will cause problems for the plant. So it's about knowing how and when um, to harvest. Really important. At HerbCollege.com, at your school that you're the director of, mm-hmm. um, there was a question from uh, one of our members. I want to know if you incorporate native local flora in their applications into a curriculum. Does it have his favorite herb for your area? Does it? Sorry. Do you have a favorite herb for your local to your area? I guess you're curious oh, okay. about your school. Okay. Right. Um, well, the college is an online college, mm-hmm. so it's international. Mm-hmm. And no, we don't do. Uh, uh, we don't have a unit on local indigenous flora and its uses mm-hmm. um, what I do is encourage my New Zealand students to study with a guy called Rob McGowan who's particularly knowledgeable uh, on uh, Rongoa Māori that's the the um, traditional Māori medicine mm-hmm. um, and it's better to do it in the bush in the locality of that. Mm-hmm. Um, do I have a favourite local plant? Uh, probably uh, of the native plants, because I live near a very beautiful piece of, of bush, are uh, probably kawakawa, which is um, related to kava, and it's a macropiper, um, excelsum, mm. and it's uh, just uh, such a, a, a gorgeous plant to work with, especially from a qualitative perspective. Hmm. It, it has um, knobbly joints that are, that are clearly, you know, raised and swollen, and it's exactly what it's used for. Uh, it also has a heart-shaped leaf, and again, it's, it's used around circulation. So, you know, its, it's signature is so obvious. So, yeah, that's probably my favorite at the moment. It's kind of related too. Is a question someone had on. Wonder he was wondering the best way to get into the field and both the limit. He's person's like, hey, as far as schooling on a limited budget, how do you get in touch with people locally to get more training? I think you know it's like that. Um, and and I, I'm just imagining just when you're a lot of the holistic stuff that we're talking about is just like sometimes it's just between you and a plant and going out and harvesting and just doing it on your own, right? And learning. I mean. 
I mean, it's yeah. one thing to get if you can find a mentor and something, hopefully. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, the... I think I think spending time is the most important thing. Mm. This you can't do this quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the the fun things about going to the International Herb Symposium is that I've I've now been going there since 1994, and we're all of the people that teach there, well, not all of them, but a lot of the people that teach there, like Rosemary, Susan Weed, um, David Hoffman, you know, various others, we've grown up with this now for four, over 40 years, and it's become us, and we are it. And that's the exciting thing in, in the States. There are so many knowledgeable people. So treating yourself to spending some time with one of those mm. persons is really important. Um, you know, taking a book like Weeds Heal that's going to give you some fundamental ways of trusting yourself and then doing the work, Uh, yeah, building your skills that way. That's it, you know, just doing it. (laughs) Just go do it. Yeah, doing it, yeah. I mean, we're in, we are in an interesting world Mm. where uh, qualifications are um, seen to be important, mm-hmm. um, especially in New Zealand. We're, you know, looking at this at the moment. So, you know, do do we um, become registered? Do we not? You know, I know there are very strong feelings about that mm, in the yes. US. Yes, there are. Yeah. And um, and quite rightly so. You know, it's it. I I don't know if I'm just hopeful, but I have a feeling that we may have changed that slightly now and that people are beginning to see that you don't actually have to have a bit of paper, but it's your experience and who you've worked with and what you do and how you live your life, you know, that's um, equally as important. Yes, exactly. You know, sometimes people will say, you know, I can't find anyone near me that teaches mm. herbs. Then I say, often will say, well, maybe you're to be that person who's going to do the teaching yeah. in your area. Yeah. And yeah. it sounds like you need to and, get to work. And don't, and, yeah. And if we <laughs> always remember that the plants are sentient and aware beings mm-hmm. that are moment by moment expressing themselves, or what we have to do is take the time to learn their language and I put language in inverted commons there because, you know, it's not our language that you and I are communicating with. But if we take that time, then we'll learn. But if we go in there and think that this is about us, then we won't. Right. That's true. Because yeah, I um, often wonder if, uh, you know, am I, te- am I making the space for people to learn about plants or the plants choose me to help people learn about plants <laughs> like who knows we'll never know that well, answer but yeah. it's really fun to so, think well, about as, yeah <laughs> as, you, as you as you facilitate more and more workshops around plant directed learning which is mm. you know what i'm doing now um and and the plant person relationship and healing is a part of that mm-hmm. and uh, a paper that i'm presenting at the new zealand association of medical herbalist conference in wellington next month is about um, other ways of knowing so so really looking at uh, that new research technique that i'm working with but if if um where was i going with that so 
What was your last comment? Just... Well, I was just commenting on like the plants and if the, if they're you know oh, yeah. in their role in all of this. We always think it's our choice is what we're yeah. doing, you know. Like if we're yeah. somehow at yeah. least inspired, you yeah. know, there's that connection okay. yeah. of inspiration. So, so what I do now in these um, workshops is that I'm the bridge between mm. the class and the plant world, and I. Ha- what I'm doing is keeping the plants happy and creating that openness so that there can be a conversation. And if I can do, if I can take a person through to experience that, then that blows their mind because it's a participatory experience. Mm. Wow. And that's what's exciting about this work now that and um so let's tell some folks how they can experience some work with you because because you're coming to the international herb symposium and that's in june uh, late june and yeah. um <clears throat> in the boston area um you'll be teaching in seattle in early june right yeah. so what's the information yeah. on that Oh, okay. So on June the um, the tenth, on the Friday the tenth, I'll be talking largely around uh, the trusting our senses using local plants. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be talking at Dandelion. Uh, yeah. at the for those in for those in the uh, in the Seattle area who don't know, in the Greater yeah. Puget Sound, Dandelion Botanical is in Ballard, yes. and, and you can just Google Dandelion Botanical Seattle and find them. Yeah. Yeah. And then on June the 11th and 12th, um, out on Vashon Island, mm-hmm. uh, I'm running a two-day workshop uh, with a clinical focus. The plants, of course, will be at the core of this, and there'll be, you know, uh, that I, I absolutely couldn't teach now without um, having that. Um, but it will be also around uh, digestion and issues and the, the the importance of changing that if we change nothing else. Hmm. Um, and so we've, we've called that People and Plants Health and Healing. And uh, the contact person there is uh, uh, Danielle McCutcheon. I'll just give you her email. Uh-huh. It's um, D-A-N-I. McCutcheon, M-C-C-U-T-C-H-E-O-N for Nancy, at earthlink.net. Great. Um, I think she has a workshop called String Time. Uh, I mean, a website called String Time. So that would be something to Google. And then the next week on the 15th of June, I'll be speaking in Madison now, I don't have the details, but that will be on herbs and health in a changing world. So we'll be looking at some of the key things about um, uh, developing resilience uh, and uh, how we need to be adaptable and flexible in this world. So I'm going to be, you know, kind of um, bringing that and there'll be local plants, of course, around that. And then the following night in Wisconsin, and that'll be around the Weeds Hill, Trusting Our Senses. And then a Friday, June the 17th, Saturday, Sunday workshop um, at, um, in, at Wisconsin. And the, the person to contact for that is Linda, but her website, you can get all the details and sign up for these workshops through that website, um, is Moonwiseherbs.com. 
herbs.com, M-O-O-N-Wise, W-A-S-E, herbs, H-E-R-B-S.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's to Boston that next week, and I'm actually doing three things at the International. So there is the Intensive, where um, I'm focusing on the plant-person relationship and healing. And excuse me. <coughs> Um, and then two workshops, one around the, the sensing, but also another workshop just on other ways of knowing. Mm. So I'm going to be um, working with a, a you know, group in a dynamic way in both of those. So it'll be fun. you got a busy, uh, well, if you're going to come all the way here from New yeah. Zealand, you have to make the most of it. <laughs> yeah. And just, just in case anyone wants, um, the next month, I'm actually on my way to Kyrgyzstan. Uh, right, tell us about to, that. Yeah, it's, it, this is new this in is the cool. world. But, um, <laughs> I'm uh, part of a Exploring Holistic Science and the subtitle Embracing Diversity and Difference. Uh, and it, this is being held in Kyrgyzstan on July 15th to the 22nd. Now, the amazing thing about this, that there are holding 10 places, there are 45 participants, um, they're holding 10 places for people outside of the country, and um, you can go online to uh, www.talim, T-A-A-L-I-M for Mary, dot mega, M-E-G-A, dot K-G. Um, this is a really going to be an exciting event of looking at participatory holistic science methodologies from a range of perspectives. I'm doing the, the plant connection one. Um, Roland Plail is um, looking at using the, this type of, of approach uh, for facilitating social issues, work around social issues. And one of our tutors, uh, Philip Francis, is uh, looking at the, the, the role of current science, um, mm. where science is working, and the, the part that it plays uh, in, um, our, in a more holistic framework. So looking at that dynamic between quality and quantity. And so it's really, it, 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 it's, it's going to be a very interesting uh, process. So people that, if anyone wants to go, they can either contact me or, um, or get the details through that website that I gave you. Uh, and the conference itself is only costing $50. Um, it's all being funded uh, with the generosity of the Christiansen Fund uh, from your country. And uh, that includes, uh, for the conference days, transport, accommodation, food, and the conference itself. So you just have to get there. You, you just, just have, have to, to get, get. You just got to get to Kyrgyzstan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is um, most of us got to look up to Google that, see easiest, where the heck it is. Not the easiest thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it'll be an amazing event. And all these things, if you're listening to this in the future, are happening in the year 2011. <laughs> so, yes, 2011, yeah. and that's in July. July. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's in July. So, okay, so someone a year from now will be like, wow, I want to go. And they'll be like, uh. <laughs> yeah, that's right, we better say. Oh, um, boy. And um, yeah. let's see here. Then, 
All we have to just remind people that uh, once again, you get Weed's Heal at crowsdaughter.com. And if you need to email Isla or find out about the her school, it's herbcollege.com. That's a wonderful URL. It's easy to remember, and I wish I got it first. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was very lucky on that one. I think I, think I booked it in the year 2000. So. <laughs> I couldn't believe my good luck. <laughs> That's excellent. That's all meant to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, perhaps, um, if anyone's listening from New York and just uh, that I will be at Flower Power, just um, not sure exactly the timing, but at the moment it's um, it's looking like that week after the conference the international herb symposium oh, okay so late june um, yes Early so it'll July, be huh? probably around the 29th of june nice um I'll be at that bookshop to talk to anyone about weeds heal boy that's that's wonderful i'll be in um i'll just be in new york right before you get there <laughs> oh, no. i know we're crossing each other's paths. as soon as you get here i'm gonna be flying east and as soon as you fly east i'll be getting ready to go back so oh, let's miss each other well, Isla Burgess, it's been fantastic. Finally, after all these years of using your book and finally getting to uh, to uh, interview you and hang out and spend some time. And, and uh, folks can expect us for sure in the future to have a few more talks, conversations with each other on yeah. Learning Herbs, I'm sure of it. Especially yes. since we have this wonderful Skype connection here. It's, it's, yes. it's, it can be in New Zealand. It sounds great. <laughs> All right. The amazing thing about our Skype connection is there's no delay. Mm. Exactly. And you often get that with an overseas one. This has been absolutely perfect. That's because you're in the future. Oh, <laughs> That's because you're in tomorrow. It's Thursday and I'm in Wednesday. So, you know, it's amazing that <laughs> Skype brings time. It time it, it fuses it. It brings us together. It's great. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um wonderful. Well, thank you very much again, Ila. We'll, okay. we'll be back. Um I'd like to to just say kakiteano mm-hmm. to to everyone. That means have a good day. Um and yeah, it's been sheer pleasure talking with you. Thank you. Okay. Herb Mentor Radio on HerbMentor.com is a production of LearningHerbs.com. Visit LearningHerbs.com for free herbal lessons, including Herb Mentor news, home remedy secrets, and supermarket herbalism. You'll also find the herbal medicine making kit and our board game Wildcraft. Herb Mentor Radio. Copyright LearningHerbs.com. All rights reserved. Thanks so much for listening.